The Lord be with you. This is the collect for the third Sunday in Lent. Let us pray. Almighty God, who seest that we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves, keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Well, hey, welcome, everyone. Um, This is the third part of a series I've been doing called Christmas Specials for the Weary and Burdened. So you're all weary and burdened, I I hope, if you're here. if you haven't been to one of my classes before, I just bring something in that has no relevance to the topic, but I thought that this was fitting since Dr. Pepper has a special place in the hearts of people from Birmingham, but has anyone ever had hot Dr. Pepper before? No. Apparently in the 1960s they were promoting it as a, a reason to sell more soda pop in the, uh, in the cold months, but um, you ought to try it if you're looking for something. Hey, welcome. Um, so we're, uh, we did two sessions already. One was on, uh, we did a Christmas special from the Andy Griffith Show. Uh, the funny thing is the three programs that I've chosen are from the 1960s, and that was by total accident, and I wasn't alive in the 1960s, uh, but these are specials that I've seen before. Some of them have a, a dear place to my heart. And uh, the second one was from the Twilight Zone, called Night of the Meek, which was just fantastic. Did you know that the Twilight Zone had a Christmas special? They might have more than one, um, and it's available on YouTube. And so is the Andy Griffith special. Uh, And this one, however, I couldn't find on YouTube, uh, but it is still, uh, I think now on, um, is it ABC or CBS? ABC. ABC, they they play it like, you know, seven times a week. Uh, during December, and or you can get the DVD. And next year is the 50th anniversary. Uh, 1965 is when it came out. The uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. You've all seen it before, right? Is anybody? I won't say. Has anybody not seen it? How many of you have seen it before? Most of you. Okay, so you know what you're in for. But you know the thing is, like with the last two, and then this one, for me, when I watch it, even today, when I'll watch it again. It speaks to me in some new way. You know, it just meets me uh, where I am. Um, and that's the way the, the gospel is, you know what I mean, in terms of re- repeating it over and over again uh, and needing to hear it. And I really, without shame, say in this one, the gospel is proclaimed um, in, a, in a pretty explicit way. Actually, we talked about in the, la- in the last two how, like, surprised we were that the Christian themes were quasi-explicit. This one, it is very explicit. And we kind of said things about, well, hasn't the world changed so much? But did you know 50 years ago, they almost did not air this? I think it was on CBS then. It was controversial because of the uh, of Linus reciting uh, a pretty lengthy excerpt from the King James Bible. It takes up 50 seconds of a 25-minute long uh, show to read from the Bible. Um, but let me just say a couple things about the special itself, and then we'll watch it, and then uh, discuss. The, the first thing is that the peanuts, both the cartoon and the specials, particularly this special, and really the only other one that is, is near and dear to me is the Great Pumpkin. The other ones are 
mediocre. Um, this one's the best, I think. Perhaps one of the best Christmas specials out there. But the, the Peanuts, in general, have a special place in my heart because if you haven't heard the story, um, I was sitting in a cafe reading this book in Bethesda, Maryland, and I read the whole thing, and then I said, I'm a Christian. <laughs> I mean, really, you can go ahead and laugh. I mean, th that is ridiculous. It, I mean, the cover doesn't do justice. The book actually has depth to it. Some people have told me it's kind of hard to read um, because it is a little bit erudite, despite the fact that on every page there's, uh, you know, there is juxtaposed to what the guy is saying, Robert Short, not written by Charles Schultz, but Robert Short's the theologian who created uh, this and, and plenty of other similar books, but this is his classic in the 1960s as well, when uh, Peanuts was still a relatively new phenomenon, to explain the Christian message. Um, and uh, sometimes I think people need to hear the message not through a sort of, sort of a direct, directly, but indirectly. Um, and for me, it, it happened through uh, comic strips because I happen to like them. Um, and uh, so let me just read from the very last two pages of this book, okay? Peanuts lends itself easily to this kind of Christian interpretation, whether these thoughts were always in the artist's mind or not. Thus, Peanuts and countless other efforts in the modern arts can play a vital part in the life of the church by providing meaningful, quote, conversation pieces between the church and culture, by being wonderfully imaginative parables of and for our times, and by giving the church a creative and effective opportunity for making an even more direct witness for its Lord. For all Christian witness will finally be a, an italics direct witness to stand up and be counted or to wear one's heart on one's sleeve unmistakably for Jesus Christ's sake, confessing him alone to be Lord and Savior. Christians should always remember, however, never to be too disappointed if their witness is never really heard or understood by those whom they love, because the, quote, success of all Christian witnessing finally lies in the hands of God. And so you can see that this has some depth to it. Uh, and, and also, I think it's important what he says about whether or not this is what the artist originally intended. Um, often there are Christian connections, and we have license to make the. Um, and in the case of Charles Schultz, I'll say that he was probably intending to make some of those connections to a greater or lesser extent, but, but Robert Schultz does a great job interpreting uh, for us in ways that Robert Schultz, uh, Charles Schultz never even imagined. So that's that. I commend this book to you, by the way. Um, and as always, I have a scripture passage for us, uh, a verse that I'll read and then we'll watch the DVD. And you might think about what I'm reading from this uh, verse from Isaiah when we watch the, the uh, DVD. This is from Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. So,
Here we go.
I'll make it into a sport coat. Please note the size and color of each item, and send as many as possible. If 
Five. 
looks on good reason. This is not only getting too commercial, it's getting too dangerous. And get rid of that stupid blanket. What the Christmas shepherd gonna look like holding a stupid blanket like that? Well, this is one Christmas shepherd who's going to keep his trusty blanket with him. See? You wouldn't hit an innocent shepherd, would you? Okay, Mr. Director, the cast is set. Take over. All right, let's have a quiet. Place it, everybody. Sure. Set the mood for the first scene. <laughs> Just 
Christmas is all about. 
Okay. Um, uh, so, what do I want to do now? Um, you know, at this time, I uh, open it up to discussion. Um, I, la last year at my last church, I on every Sunday I taught a course called Conversation Pieces, which actually took its inspiration from from this book that I read from earlier. Remember, th there was that phrase I highlighted: Conversation Pieces where he says, um, talking about modern arts, can play a vital part in the life of the church, providing meaningful, quote, conversation pieces between the church and culture. And the thing I did in that class is I brought in something, you know, whatever it was, uh, from out there in the world, like the Charlie Brown Christmas special, and that was our conversation piece. Um, so if, um, if Robert Short is right in that um, pieces of modern art can play meaningful conversation pieces between the church and culture, culture has something to say to the church and the church has something to say to the culture, then we should be able to have a conversation about this. So what are your thoughts? And maybe I'll, I'll cap it at the end. Reactions. Let's have a convo. Yeah. I'd like to speak to it in terms of how you preach this morning, what you preach. That God comes in the valleys of our lives and uh. up. And I don't know, have you read the George Schultz biography, The Big Tone of. Uh, no, I haven't. Well, I ought it, to, yeah. He had a rough relationship with his mother, and his mother he did, uh, like and he died of cancer or something. Yeah, so is that what you're talking about? Life and yeah. He himself had suffered his whole life uh, from clinical depression. Yeah. Hence the Charlie Brown, Brown figure. So from that point of view, I find it so incredibly sad. Mm. Um, but redemptive at the same time right? <coughs> because the ending isn't Charlie Brown being that depressed person. He really was a depressed person who George Schultz was and suffered from his whole life. Yeah, yeah. And yet he had the wherewithal and the grace to come up with this modern piece of art. Yeah. To all of us. Yeah, 50 years, it still strikes a nerve, doesn't it? You know, I hope it will for another 50 plus. Um, and, and that is because Charles, I mean, Peanuts were so great because Charles Schultz was in touch with something, the, the depression, obviously. Charlie Brown basically is the essence of himself, you know I mean? And then what is Lucy, was it Lucy or someone else? Uh, Linus says, Lucy's right, of all the Charlie Browns, you're the Charlie Brown, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the begin the beginning of the film is kind of dour, you know. He's like, this kind of stinks. <laughs> I hate Christmas, <laughs> uh, and yet it ends with uh, beauty and grace. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, the help always comes from outside. People keep bringing that up, and that's. Um, that, that is the gospel, and maybe that's something to do with the conversation pieces that I'm bringing in. Say more about how does the help come from outside here? Uh, well, it comes, um, I think that Charlie Brown identified 
Yes. Yeah, it's fascinating that uh, I love that the dichotomy here is between commercialism and what Christmas is really all about. You know, they were still saying that. We, we say it a lot now, but people were saying it back in 1965, apparently. And he says, you know, in frustration, can someone tell me what Christmas is all about? And that scene with Linus is just amazing. I mean, it almost makes my back tingle. You know, I mean, it's really well done cinematically and poignantly placed two-thirds of the way through after all the struggle. The help comes a child shall lead them, you know, in the form of Linus. And then with Charlie Brown, you see the transfiguration, bearing the fruit of saying, you know, forget all this, and then uh, loves on the pitiful little tree, as Mary was saying, they're, they're kind of one and the same, you know, the tree. And, oh, I didn't, I forgot to mention. I <laughs> 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 That's in my office for this reason. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, and then um, and then that ending where the help finally comes from uh, the least expected source of the, the gang, you know, f- for the tree. Where this tree starts to look more like that one back there. Other uh, thoughts and reactions, questions... Yeah. And that's just the word that comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, searching for help to to mitigate his depression in all the wrong places. Uh and then finally here's what he needs to hear. Um thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Sally, the one who oh, loves Linus. She's yeah. in her looks. I thought she portrays a lot of us. I just want my fair share. I just want what's coming to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. I heard some of you like saying along, like you've seen it a bunch of times. So. <laughs> yeah, Sally's all like, I just want my fair share. I just want what what's coming to me. And, and so, why does that strike you? Say more about that. Flesh that out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Can you repeat that again? <laughs> Loudly. Make sure the people on the recording hear that. <laughs> Say it again, seriously. <laughs> Thankfully, life isn't fair because if it were, we'd, we would get what's coming to us, is, was your point. Um, you know, we don't deserve uh, what we get from God. The pitiful tree doesn't deserve to be adorned, and yet it is. Um, you know, uh, Charlie Brown is the least likely candidate. <laughs> um, and... Uh, so the good news is we uh, we get what we don't deserve. I've often defined the gospel and you or or grace 
and you can define it in all manner of ways. The, the, the normal theological um, systematic theology definition of grace is unmerited, God's unmerited favor, which is just like snooze. I mean, you get it, but it doesn't really strike the heart. Paul Zoll, who used to be the dean here, calls it one-way love, and I really like that. But I call it undeserved love for the unlovable. Um, and the tree is unlovable, and so is... Um, and so is Charlie Brown. And, and frankly, so are these children of wrath and uh, the peanuts. <laughs> um, and somehow, some way, it ends with a real happy ending um, by uh, uh, the help coming from the outside. And let me just read to you again the... Um, we're actually doing okay on time because we, we um, started early. Any other thoughts? Yeah. Probably not, but what a great interpretation. You want the right kind of real estate, is what you're talking about. You want the right kind of real estate, is what you're talking about. You have an apartment up in heaven, kind of, yeah. Yeah. All the other, the commercialism of Christmas is like the house built on sand, mm-hmm. kind of. And, and this one's the house built on, on rocky ground. It's kind of what I'm <coughs> hearing you say, if we can stretch that. I, I bet Charles Schultz didn't intend that. But we're, like I said, we're okay to say that. It, it, you know, it, it'll speak to you in ways that it needs to speak to you. Um, and if he did intend it, that's great, you know, but maybe not. And... Um, and uh, but but boy, that's excellent. A- any other thoughts about this? Yeah. Snoopy's conversion. Snoopy's conversion. Say more about that. It's all about the secular part of it and, and just having a big time, and it dawns on him. Oh wait a minute, there's something more. Uh-huh. He's willing to give up all of his treasures to get first place. First price. <laughs> and the house decorating, and he's you know what? This is more important. And the shift of the heart. Yeah, actually, the argument that Robert Short makes about Snoopy is that he's the image of the real Christian and that he's got a fickle heart. Uh, he's the way that often a, you know, a Christian is um, sort of fun-loving. And then at, at the end of the day, um, uh, he, he's the one who gets it. There's a great scene here, too, where um, Lucy wants to slug him. And instead, he, his, what was his reaction? He kisses her. And, and, and it's funny because if you read the cartoon strip, usually her response is like, blah. But once in a while, um, she has a change of heart. And so therefore, Snoopy's kind of like the, the kissing bandit. And you know, it's placed just right to the person, usually Lucy, who's Lucifer, um, who, who needs the kiss. <laughs> you know, he's, he's bearing the fruits of the spirit, basically, in that. 
um, and uh, you know, the, giving the love that she doesn't deserve again. <laughs> um, I, that, that, that's, that's one of the um, points that he makes in this book, actually. Um, any other thoughts? Yeah, Lori. I think the beauty of Schultz is that he's chosen a, <clears throat> a very poignant part of the human character and soul, and it's something that all of us try to cover up, and um, he heals everyone by his grace. So at the very end, a child is, is in a perfect teacher. Yeah. Um, in, in the innocence. Great, thank you for that. Um, yeah, two things. So uh, he, d- he displays uh, the reality of what's really going on for humans in this through also the second thing is children, which is another controversy for this is that I think the original broadcasting company, I think it was CBS, didn't like that he wanted children to do the voices. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you need like a kind of old cartoon read through children to kind of speak the speak something of comfort and uh, you know maybe because it's Christmas um, it even speaks to us uh, more and let me read to you the scripture passage that I read in the beginning and maybe you'll see the this verse and also this uh, cartoon classic through new eyes I will greatly rejoice in the Lord <clears throat> my, sho- my soul shall exult in my God For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and a bride adorns herself with jewels. Thank you. Um, And I'll just end by saying I will be teaching a one-off class in January. I think it's January 11th. And it's going to be called The Church and the Arts. And I'll talk more uh, generally about some of the themes that came up today and how we can apply that to the rest of the arts broadly interpreted. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thank you.